So last time we came to the verse, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. And this is a verse, uh, including the next one, which launches us into some extraordinarily beautiful encouragements from the Word of God. So I hope you'll join me. It's in Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 14 and verse 15. This is Colin Cook, and this is How It Happens, a broadcast on the good news of the gospel. Each year and a half or so, we travel through the book of Romans, and uh, we explore what the, uh, the book of Romans says about the gospel, about the good news of our Heavenly Father acting on, in His Son to rescue us from sin and uh, death and uh, bring us into His kingdom. And uh, you can hear this program also, by the way, not, well, what shall I say? The program presently is not on SoundCloud because we are having great difficulties in getting back into SoundCloud, but you can hear loads of relatively current archives on my broad, uh, of this broadcast and others on soundcloud.com slash faithquest. That is soundcloud.com slash faithquest. Listen to this program also at 10 o'clock in the evening and repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. Now, this is the chapter, chapter 8, which talks about freedom from the power of death. We now live by faith in the resurrected life of Jesus until he returns and gives us that actual life in full body form at the second coming of Jesus Christ. But what he says now is this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. That's verse 14 of chapter 8. And you may be a little unsettled by that because you may be asking, well, how do I know that I'm led by the Spirit of God? Look, let me tell you this. Everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is their Savior and the Savior of the world, everyone who believes that in him the judgment has been taken away, that person is led by the Spirit of God. Why do we know that for certain? Because faith is not an act of the will. It is not coming from your side. It is God's gift to you. The fact that you believe is an indication that God has given you faith to believe. Remember what Paul, what Jesus said when uh, he asked Peter, who do he, does the world think that he is? That is, who does Peter think that the Messiah is, and who does who does Peter think the Messiah is? And Paul, uh, Jesus, uh, Peter said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus said to Peter, "Blessed are you, Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven." In other words, no one can believe that Jesus is Christ the living Savior, the Messiah, unless God has made that clear to him. Therefore, if you trust in Jesus as your Savior, as the one who is going to carry you through to the kingdom of God, 
and who is your comforter now through the Holy Spirit, and who gives you access to the Father, and who counts you in his righteousness, then you are led by the Spirit of God, and you are therefore sons, a son or a daughter of God. Now, I want to emphasize this wonderful reality about being a son or daughter of God. Many religions of the world never think in those terms. Most religions of the world do not. They think of us as God's creation. They think of us as God's servants. But to be a son and daughter of God, how did that come about? Well, you have to understand that when God sent his son into the world, to be the Savior of the world, he sent him as his Son, that is, the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, or rather the second person of the Godhead, God the Son, became a human being as God's Son, representing all of humanity as God's sons and daughters. Thus, when Jesus took the judgment of the world upon himself. He took the judgment of the world upon himself on behalf of all the sons and daughters of God. That is all creation. God is redeeming his creation to be the brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. God is giving a gift to his Son, and the gift that he is giving is a redeemed world, and he is taking, telling his Son to go to this world and redeem it, because I plan to give it all to you, my Son. In other words, you and I, as stunning as this may sound, or unbelievable as it may sound, are God's redeemed gift to his Son. You can say to your heavenly Father, Father in heaven, I thank you for giving me as a gift to Jesus. It's hard to believe that. It sounds rather arrogant, doesn't it, and pompous. But it is the beautiful reality of the of the uh, re of redemption. Not only is Jesus a gift to us, but we, by his having redeemed us, become a gift to him because he is the one who is going to um, rule over us, us, take care of us, guide us through the kingdom, and do all sorts of wonderful things for us. This is going to become clearer later on in the chapter, but we'll leave it for now at this point. What I want to encourage you to say in your prayers sometimes is, Father in heaven, Thank you for giving me as a gift to Jesus. And to say to Jesus, Jesus, I know my life is a, is a mess. It is damaged. It is ruined in my human nature. But by faith, I recognize myself as redeemed in you and by you and as being a gift to you. And therefore, Jesus, I pray that in some way I may not pay you back, I can never do that, but I, pr I pray that in some way I may be a precious gift to you and may do wonderful things for you that please you. 
Now, those wonderful things may be very, very simple in your life. They may be simply witnessing to someone at work or a family member or taking care of someone on Jesus' behalf. Anything simple. And some people have big responsibilities for Jesus. But it is true to say that God's children are the Father's gift to His Son. Now, listen to the next verse, even better, even more wonderful. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, I was talking to a friend of mine just a week ago, and he was saying that his brother sent him a message by text saying, Get ready, get ready, Jesus is coming soon, we've got to get ready. And, true enough, we do need to get ready, but do we, need, do we understand what getting ready is? There are some people who use this terminology because they see endless threat of judgment ahead of them, and all of salvation is about escaping from fear. And so the term get ready is used by many Christians as simply an alarm to frighten us all in order to get us ready, and nobody explains or nobody seems to explain what getting ready means. Now look, the gospel is peace in Jesus Christ. What does it say in the next part of the verse? Let's read the first part again and then the next part. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We do not have to fear. Yes, there are terrible things coming on the earth. Yes, the mountains shall fall into the depths of the sea. Yes, there will be trouble everywhere. And yet God's people are going to stand out like beacon lights because of their astonishing, irrational seemingly, trust in God at that time, that God is our refuge and strength, therefore we will not fear, though the mountains be removed in the depth, into the depths of the sea. We have a new confidence in God because the Spirit of God is teaching our spirits that we are no longer in a slavery to fear. We have been called sons and daughters of God. God has adopted us. He created us, and He's done a second act of redemption, and now redeeming us is a third act of adoption, adoption as His children, so that we are family members and brothers and sisters with Jesus Christ. And thus we say, Father, thank you for the peace that you have given me. Jump ahead a bit to Romans chapter 14, verse 17. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So this is the spirit that God has given us. Now, listen, we recognize and we make no bones about it that our human nature does not speak this way. Our human nature is full of anxiety, it is full of worry, it is full of stress, 
It is full of guilt and fear. Troubles happen in our lives. Things go wrong. Griefs happen. Losses. And we wonder whether God loves us or whether God is judging us or where is God. And on and on come the complaints of the human nature. I'm not talking about our human nature, though. I'm talking about faith that surmounts our human nature, faith that speaks into our human nature and says, though all this trouble is hitting me, thank you, Lord God, that I have peace in Jesus Christ. Well, thank you for listening today, and you are, of course, listening to How It Happens with Colin Cook here, and I thank you for the support you give on a regular basis. It is so very much appreciated. Donations have come in here and there, but I have to be honest with you and say... I think the donations are down, and I think that's because I did so many repeats during the crash of my computer, and also because I'm not on SoundCloud, updated on SoundCloud at the moment. So if you can fill in the gap and help out with extra donations, it would be so very much appreciated. Send your donations to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or you can make your donation online at FaithQuestRadio.com. FaithQuestRadio.com. You will also find lots of archives on on the old website, FaithQuestRadio.com. And my story as well is there, if you want to listen to that. It's a story of faith, not of success, but of faith in Christ's success. And Christ's success on my and your behalf, I might say. Now remember the don the uh, the radio costs the fifteen minute broadcast costs thirty nine dollars per fifteen minutes, and that is about two hundred dollars per five days. That is a week's broadcasts, or eight hundred and fifty to uh, uh, nine hundred dollars per month. That gives you a guide on your donations. So I appreciate all the support you give, and thank you for the little notes as well. And I will see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.